Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to the playoffs. TCU versus Michigan, Georgia versus Ohio State. Stetson Bennett goes for back-to-back national championships, and you can be ready for all the action with BetOnline Sportsbook. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus using the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast, live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is a fantabulous Thursday, November 29th. I'm oh, sorry, Thursday, December 29th. Ooh. Ugh, I made a mistake. Oh my goodness. It is a happy Thursday, December 29th here on the Take It Easy podcast, but it might be November 29th based on the time you're listening because it's a podcast. You can go back and listen to this anytime you want. You could be listening to this in January, February, March. You could be listening on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. It's a podcast. However, and whenever you may be listening, we appreciate you stopping in. We have got Another eulogy to get to today. If you listened to yesterday's show, we did a uh, eulogy about the Denver Broncos. And uh, part of doing the eulogies is that we don't really talk about the teams again after we do the eulogy. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we did their eulogy back in week eight. Haven't watched a Pittsburgh Steelers game in the last eight weeks. If they pop up on the red zone, cool. They don't pop up on the red zone channel very much because Pittsburgh doesn't score a lot of points. But we did our Steelers eulogy back in week eight. We did our Detroit Lions eulogy back on Thanksgiving, and then the Detroit Lions ended up running off six wins in seven games and are now one of the 12 best teams in the NFL. So maybe a premature eulogy, a eulogy nonetheless. I'm just used to doing the Detroit Lions eulogy on Thanksgiving. Yesterday we did the Denver Broncos, and we will probably not talk about the Denver Broncos again until March when they make a decision about what to do with Russell Wilson. Dan Quinn's probably going to be their head coach. Seems like a formality at this point. Kind of boring. Whatever. I think it's funny that Dan Quinn has rehabbed his image to a place where he's ready to become head coach of the shitty Denver Broncos. He's ready for that second head coaching job. He's he's ready for his John Fox on the Chicago Bears moment. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're headed on the Dan Quinn cycle. And, um... We've, we've done our eulogy about the Broncos, probably won't talk about them till March. Team that we probably won't talk about until February, the Las Vegas Raiders. So, the Las Vegas Raiders made the decision to bench Derek Carr for the remainder of the 2022 season. The last two games of the season will be started by Jarrett Stidham, which 
We were just one year away from having this be Nathan Peterman, but whatever. Jarrett Stidham gets to play quarterback for the Raiders for two meaningless games that I don't think have much implications for the playoffs because I think they play against uh, like the Kansas City and uh, the 49ers, so they'll just lose those games, and then that'll be the end of the season. But anyways, the Raiders went to Jarrett Stidham over Derek Carr, and we've talked before about the fact that the Raiders have an out in their contract with Derek Carr. He has basically no guaranteed money after this season, and the Raiders move off of him by the Monday after the Super Bowl. They owe him basically nothing. And the the exact dollar figures is a uh, $5.6 million dead cap hit compared to the $34 million with which they would be paying him on the cap. So they would save $29 million by moving off of Derek Carr after the 2022 season. But they have to do it before the day after the Super Bowl. And Derek Carr has a full no trade clause, which was part of him accepting this deal in the first place, which was the Raiders have a way out. They could cut Derek Carr. Derek Carr could negotiate a trade to, I don't know, the Colts or some shit. But Derek Carr has a potential out in his contract where if a team wants to pay Derek Carr upwards of $100 million, a team can do that. Who's the team that's going to pay Derek Carr upwards of $100 million? Probably the Colts. But the Colts have already said enough of this model of trying to take aging veterans and try and rehab them to a place where they can actually compete. I don't know, maybe Washington says they're going to go do this. They don't seem to be loving Heineke or Carson Wentz. So like three years, $100 million for Derek Carr to go to Washington is probably what's going to happen. Either way, one of these piss-poor franchises is going to probably take on Derek Carr. And if the teams aren't going to take on Derek Carr, then the Raiders will just cut him. Or the Raiders will keep him because they don't have a better alternative to Derek Carr. And all of these options are on the table. All of these options will be worked through, and the Raiders will make the incorrect move. Which move is that? I don't know, but whichever one they make, it will be the incorrect one. So, the Raiders have decided that this season is over, and quite frankly, their record has determined that this season is over for the Las Vegas Raiders. But the Raiders, on paper, are a seven-win team, and you could point to, like, oh, bringing in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones should improve your chances of being able to... It should theoretically improve your chances of being a better team, but as we have gone through the numbers and pointed out, this year's Raiders team is actually scoring more points per game than last year's Raiders team that made the playoffs as the fifth seed in the AFC. Was it a bullshit fifth seed? Absolutely it was a bullshit fifth seed. The Raiders were like 6-2 and two in one possession games, and they had the weird situation where the Chargers prisoner dilemmaed themselves into falling out of the playoffs because the Raiders were going to play for a tie. The Chargers called timeout, and then the Raiders started playing for the win because they're like, you MFR, you're trying to kill us. We're going to kill you. And the, the, you know, the Chargers played themselves out of the playoffs. But The Raiders got the fifth seed last year on some bullshit one-score wins against the Colts and the Chargers. Otherwise, they would have been out of the playoffs as they deserve to be because this year's Raiders team was actually better than last year's Raiders team in terms of point differential and in terms of uh, points per game. Their defense was a little bit worse this year, but according to their DVOA rankings, last year they finished 18th in the league, and this year they're currently ranked 17th 
in the NFL in DVOA rankings. And uh, by the way, they lost to the Steelers in a game in which they scored 10 points and Derek Carr had one touchdown and three interceptions and completed just 53% of his passes. So Raiders are not good. Raiders are not good. They're six and nine. They're going to finish six and eleven because they're going to lose these last two games to the the Forty Niners and the, and Kansas City in order to improve draft positioning. They're going to finish six and eleven, right in the middle of the pack. I said that the team was a seven win team on paper, and they have been a bit unlucky in one score games. Although that luck immediately flipped in the other direction once Jacoby Myers decided to pitch a football backwards to Chandler Jones with only Mac Jones as the blocker in between that luck kind of flipped on them back to you know these games are coin tosses and sometimes you're going to blow four 14 point lead technically because they blew a 14 point lead in that um Patriots game you're going to blow five 14 point leads and you're going to win two of those games regardless of how many 14 point leads you blow football's random you're still going to win two of those five games in which you blew 14 point leads so the Raiders are going to finish six and 11 they are going to have uh, about the 10 pick in the NFL draft this year and they're going to have basically no organizational direction because I still am on the point that we talked about when they were two and six and they had blown the gigantic lead to I believe it was Jacksonville um was basically I'm I'm can I can defend either decision on Josh McDaniels which is Josh McDaniels should have another year as the head coach of the Raiders and Josh McDaniels should be fired because he was the wrong hire to make in the first place. I could stand behind both of those decisions. And the Raiders are a weird franchise because they're one of the few NFL franchises that is like hemorrhaging cash, which, you know, it's it's all within context. Like they're bringing in tons of revenue that will then help pay down that debt. But at the same time, they need like a cash flow from somewhere in order to like pay for immediate bills. And that's something that, most NFL teams don't have to do because the NFL is such a ridiculous money-making venture. And so obviously that plays a factor into it. And I don't understand all the financials because one, I'm not a Raiders expert and two, all the financial details aren't really public. And so as it relates to like keeping the coach and keeping the general manager, both of whom just came over from New England, I was like, you know, I'm, I, I think you could go either way. I think that you could keep Josh McDaniels, you could fire Josh McDaniels, and depending on your explanation and your plan, I could see an argument for both sides. And I still believe that. I also still believe the Raiders don't have a plan. The Raiders don't have a plan. That seems to be clear. Now, if someone offers you Devontae Adams on a pretty good deal and Devontae Adams comes in and still has the third most receiving yards in the NFL, I mean, that's not a bad decision to make. All it does is it puts the Raiders in a position where you just keep adding and adding to a team that no amount of Devontae Adams are going to make them a competitive football team because the defense is really bad. It's a really bad defense. They whiffed on so many draft picks in the Gruden era, whether it was drafting Cleland Furl over Josh Allen, 
whether it was drafting, uh, what was his name, Jonathan Abram in the first round and then just cutting him after three seasons, whether it was drafting Damon Arnett. Obviously, we know about Henry Ruggs, and we detailed that last year. Uh, um, you know, that's a podcast that requires a lot more layering and nuance, which we did last year. You can go back and listen to that show. I'll link it in the description of this episode, even if you want to hear our Henry Ruggs podcast. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. Um, I mentioned Cleland Furl. I mentioned... Uh, I uh, beyond Cleland Furl, uh, who did I, oh Alex Leatherwood, remember him, the guy who was a fourth round prospect who they picked nineteenth in the draft. Alex Leatherwood has turned into a below average starting tackle. That's a waste of a first round pick. So like all of these missteps. Oh, and then by the way, the ultimate cherry on top is by the way, your coach is a bigot. All of his emails, who which he thought were private, were going to be leaked in the midst of the Washington racial slurs investigation, and you're going to have a scandal for a lifetime that makes it feel like a hit job on your terrible organization. At least that's the way Mark Davis has portrayed it to be, because you hired a guy with all of the isms very publicly out or very privately available <laughs> for everyone to discern, or at least people who knew John Gruden and knew his character, and. That's the cherry on top of all of the dysfunction of the past six years of the Raiders. And in the meantime, Kansas City has gone on and won seven consecutive division titles. And the Raiders have become the new Miami Dolphins. Yesterday, we talked about how Denver has become the new Buffalo Bills, where they're going to maybe miss the playoffs for 10 years in a row. Raiders are the new Miami Dolphins, which is you look up one day and the Raiders have not won a playoff game in 20 years. This year is year 20. It's been 20 seasons since the Raiders won a playoff game. When they miss the playoffs this year, it'll be officially 20 years since the Raiders made the play or won a playoff game. They've made the playoffs two or three times, but zero playoff wins for the Raiders in the last 20 years. And looks like we're headed towards 25. Because what's the path for the Raiders? They're not going to compete against Kansas City. There's literally nothing they can do to compete with Kansas City. The Chargers got Justin Herbert, and they can't even compete with Kansas City. They're at least closer than these other two teams. There's literally nothing the Raiders can do to compete with Kansas City. No amount of Devontae Adams, no amount of Chandler Jones, no amount of spending money, bringing in new coaches, hiring, firing McDaniels. None of that is going to get them to a sustained level of success because they're just so far away from that place right now. And... I don't even defend the idea of tearing the whole thing to the ground because you just went through tearing the whole thing to the ground. The The problem wasn't the strategy. It was you you missed on so many different picks and the, the ramifications of all those mistakes have come back to haunt you through now three different general managers from Reggie McKenzie to Mike Mayock to Dave Ziegler to... John Gruden to Rich Bisaccia and now to Josh McDaniels and maybe to a fourth coach in a span of four years if McDaniels is so much on the hot seat next year or might get fired within the next two weeks, which I don't think is going to happen. I think McDaniels is going to get another year, but like going into the season, who's the coach that you would pick to be the first to get fired in the NFL? It's probably Josh McDaniels. So like you're looking at the situation the Raiders find themselves in and all of the ramifications of bad decisions are coming back to bite you now, the same way it's coming back to bite the Denver Broncos. The good decision the Raiders made back in May was giving themselves an out on Derek Carr. And the reason that that's a good move by the Raiders is that 
if the plan is to start over, a pretty easy way to do that is some team takes on $100 million of Derek Carr and you get a couple draft picks out of the transaction. There are desperate teams who will take on Derek Carr's contract. I mean, Tennessee might do it with Ryan Tannehill on his way out the door, and that team not knowing whether they want to tear it down or build it up. Mention Washington, mention the Colts, Atlanta, one of these teams that's kind of in the middle and can convince themselves they're a quarterback away from making the wild card. There's a whole bunch of teams that usually would trade for Derek Carr. Now, I don't know what Derek Carr's value represents in the NFL right now, and quite frankly, we'll just wait eight weeks and find out because they'll have to make a decision before the Super Bowl. So sometime during Super Bowl week, I bet you we'll have a podcast where we're talking about what's going to happen with Derek Carr. But the one good decision the Raiders have made other than trading for Devontae Adams, which I think is like, well, Devontae Adams wanted to play for your team and you had the first round pick, so like, fuck it, might as well. He's going to put up top receiving numbers and Josh Jacobs is going to have an all-pro running back season, which was totally unexpected. He's the one good draft pick that turned out. The Khalil Mack trade flipped into Josh Jacobs and Damon Arnett, which didn't turn out great, but like, uh, also, you took Trayvon Mullen in the first round. That one didn't turn out great. You you just you made a lot of mistakes, and this is just the, the ramifications of those mistakes coming up, which is your defense is ass, and your quarterback, who's been the beacon of stability for 10 years for the Raiders, is now on his way out the door. And so this really starts to feel like it's a rebuild situation for the Raiders. But again, the thing that I will confirm is that it doesn't feel like the Raiders have a plan doesn't feel like there's a plan moving on from the quarterback and doing nothing doesn't really constitute a plan when you are a poorly run organization when you're the Seahawks you can get away with winning eight games and Geno Smith making a pro bowl because you've surrounded him with stability and a well-run organization that had a really good draft after years of having really mediocre drafts and compromising draft picks for short-term gains like trading two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. The Raiders are not that organization. The Raiders are not that team. And so if you just move on from Derek Carr, these are the the situations that you have. One, you find a better alternative to Derek Carr, which... Maybe we don't know who that is right now, but like Derek Carr is looking like the best quarterback that's going to be available on the market. It's not like quarterback values have gone up this year in a sport where offense is at its second lowest number in uh, offense is at its second lowest number in 20 years. And it went we went from saying there was like 12 good quarterbacks in the NFL to there's like six or seven really good quarterbacks in the NFL. As we go through that whole process, I don't see the the better option for the Raiders. So one, a better option presents itself, which will be like a get-out-of-jail-free card for the Raiders if they can t- take this Derek Carr situation and somehow upgrade at the quarterback position. That'll be their get-out-of-jail-free card. Two, they'll move on from the quarterback and do nothing. Or three, they'll move on from the quarterback and do dumb shit. What do I mean by doing dumb shit? Dumb shit is we're going to draft Anthony Richardson with the 10th pick in the draft because we are because <laughs> we are a team that can't get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Maybe Will Levis is going to be picked before, so we're just going to reach on a second round quarterback. We're just going to reach on a third round quarterback 
and make that our franchise player, despite the fact that we have so many fundamental flaws with our roster, like a bad offensive line, like the 31st ranked defense in the NFL, like a running back whose contract is expired after just putting up one of the best contract years in the NFL. So there's so many fundamental flaws with the Raiders that they cannot correct. They are a six to seven win team on paper. And by the way, they acknowledge that. They acknowledge that when they weren't so sold on Derek Carr that they gave themselves and gave Carr an option out in the event they wanted to tear this thing to the studs. They prepared for this situation because they weren't naive. They didn't think that just bringing in Devontae Adams and bringing in Chandler Jones was going to make them better than Kansas City. The Raiders knew they were fighting for a wild card spot. Most people, or not most people, many, many people picked the Raiders to finish last in the AFC West this year, despite the moves that they made to add to a playoff team from last year. And so what the Raiders find themselves in is a situation where one of those, if they're going to move on from Derek, well, the fourth option is they just keep Derek Carr and just wait until a better option presents itself, which by the way, isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, you guarantee him $40 million, but if you're not going to tear this thing to the studs, and you're not going to you know, draft a third-round quarterback and Davis Mills this shit, like if you're not going to tear this thing to the ground and try and tank next season for a top draft pick, then I don't necessarily know what the path forward is. I know what the path forward isn't, which is get rid of Derek Carr and do dumb shit because that would confirm the point that I had about the Raiders not having a plan. That's definitely not what you should do. But I look at what the Raiders are doing, and I think, well, I don't see the path forward is to tear this thing to the studs. Just like, the, I mean, for the Denver Broncos, you already gave up all your draft picks, so at least the Raiders have their own draft picks at this point. But the, the option might be tear this thing to the studs, and no player is off the table. I mean, Derek Carr is someone who... You know, at this point, you kind of seems like you're ready to move on from. Maybe you're just protecting your value while you decide what to do. But I, Max Crosby, see what you could get for Max Crosby. See what you could get for Renfro and Darren Waller. I mean, they've already been trying to shop Waller for weeks. I mean, he was almost had a deal with the Packers at the deadline. See what you can get for Waller. See what you can get for Renfro. See what you can get for, um, uh, I said, Max Crosby. I don't really know who else is on that defense that constitutes value. I mean, Chandler Jones is not good value. Hankins isn't good value. They don't have a good linebacking core. Tag and trade Josh Jacobs. Like, see if you can get value from a roster that is about a six to seven win team on paper. Cause I don't think they can make moves given the landscape of the league and given the landscape of the organization. I don't think they can make moves to be competitive. If they were to make the playoffs next year, it would be a similarly bullshit playoff spot to what they had in 2021. And this kind of bullshit playoff spot we're talking about this year with the New York Giants or Washington where they just get lucky in one score games but you already played that game you played that game of trying to get lucky in one score games and it worked you made the playoffs and then you lost to the Bengals a clearly better team than you and a better constructed roster so if you're the Raiders you look at it and it's like do you want to just keep fighting for the seventh wild card spot because at least it's something to to get the team excited or get the franchise excited about like at the very least 
the systems and structures are set up where you'll be seven and nine next year in the last week of the season, and that'll be when you get eliminated from the playoff, most likely. If you trade in Derek Carr for, I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe you maybe you you choose a bridge watering tactic, pay them a small amount of money, and you can put those thirty million or forty million dollars in resources elsewhere. But I don't trust the Raiders to do right by that situation because there's so many fundamental flaws and free agency isn't going to be able to solve your problems other than just giving you enough talent to maybe get the seventh wildcard spot. We've seen it so many times before. The Dolphins just tried it this year. They got Tariq Hill in a trade. They signed Teron Armstead. They brought in all these players from free agency, whether it's um, Melvin Ingram finally getting that long-term contract. It, it it helped. I mean, you can add Waddle to the mix. I know he was in his second year, but like they bring in a new coach. They bring in three new running backs. They bring in a new wide receiver. They bring in a new, I mean, they, they Jalen Waddle's not a new wide receiver, but they start using Jalen Waddle correctly, where he now leads the league in yards per catch instead of being one of the fewest yards per catch receivers in the NFL, like he was in the last year of Brian Flores. Like, you you use Waddle correctly. You bring in Tariq Hill. You bring in Teron Armstead, one of the five best tackles in the NFL. Bring in three new running backs and a new edge rusher in Melvin Ingram, and bring in another edge rusher in Bradley Chubb. Like, you, you spend all your draft picks and all your money, and it still only gets you the seventh seed in the AFC. Because fundamentally... I mean, Miami might build towards something new. I think Miami's not the best example because I think they're better than the seventh seed in the AFC. But fundamentally, there's nothing you can do to get into the game with Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. So if you're not one of those teams, what is the plan? Is it we're already close enough and no amount of tearing it down will get us close to that metric? Because I don't think that's the case. I think the Chargers are a great example of how you can build that thing back up. I think Detroit is a great example, even if Detroit now plays in the division with no great team at the top. I mean, Kansas City is a Goliath that the the Raiders are not going to be able to catch, but I don't think there's a shame in that. Like the Jets still made two AFC championships in the midst of what the Patriots were doing. I don't think that having Kansas City as the Goliath, as the equivalent of the Patriots in the 2000s at the top of your division is a hindrance from having a plan for how to win. Don't worry about what the division looks like. Worry about the state of your organization. And so I look at what the Raiders are are doing and I'm like, I think you might want to just tear it to the ground. And look, tear it to the ground is going to be acknowledging that we have this new team. It's The, the games are going to be filled with opponents, uh, fan bases, and we're probably going to lose a lot of football games. And we just went through this for three years at the beginning of the John Gruden era. But it's also a fundamental organizational philosophy. And if you don't think that, you know, we've already invested in, Josh McDaniels or we've already invested in Zeigler and and maybe we don't think Zeigler is the guy to tear this thing down and start over well maybe that's a fundamental problem with your decision making over the past few seasons hiring those two guys and giving so much power to John Gruden who and giving Gruden the power to hire Mike Mayock and who between the two of them made five all-time bad draft picks Cleland Furl over Josh Allen when they were both sitting right there at pick number four. Allen went three picks later to the Jaguars. P- 
picking Cleland Furl over Josh Allen when Allen was the better prospect according to most metrics, picking Damon Arnett, picking Alex Leatherwood, like you can uh, picking Jonathan Abram, like so many fundamental mistakes that the Raiders have made. And fundamental mistakes in supporting those people because we've seen players go on to other places and have a level of success outside of shitty organizations like the Raiders. So you can point to those situations and say, look, there's a fundamental, we fun, we effed up, okay? John Gruden effed up. We as an organization effed up. But you know what ended up turning out great? Hunter Renfro being a fifth-round pick who last year had as many yards as Mike Evans and as many touchdowns as Stephon Diggs. You know what turned out great? Darren Waller being a guy who got cut by Baltimore, signed to our team, and made a a Pro Bowl and almost made an All-Pro. Maybe he did make an All-Pro, but Darren Waller, that's a great value piece. Max Crosby, third-round pick, gigantic contract, that's a great value piece. I think the value might be maxed out on those players because those players at least constitute some level of value for your team. And maybe it's not the best offer on the table, and you certainly don't have to trade these people under any circumstances. But I'm saying instead of extending Renfro, see if Renfro can net you a couple of mid, uh, a mid-round mid draft pick and a late-round draft pick. See if Max Crosby, who has uh, basically the equivalent of a, of a cap hit, $20 million, uh, a dead cap hit of $20 million and a cap hit of 20 next year. See if you can get value for Max Crosby like a first-round pick. You you got a, you drafted him with a third-round pick. See if you can turn that into a first-round pick and maybe an extra pick after that. See if it can be a first-round pick and a player. Um, see if you can get value on Waller like you were trying to do with the Packers. Like That seems to be the path forward. And if that means tearing it to the studs, so be it. But if it means giving you flexibility to do more things, I think that it's the best way to go. Nobody should be off the table at this point for the Raiders. And Derek Carr is the easy one to point to because they prepared for that situation. They prepared to move on from Derek Carr. But if it's just move on from Derek Carr and do one of the four options that we laid out, which is move on from Derek Carr for a better option, which would be, again, a bailout. I don't see that option on the table move off of Derek Carr and do nothing, move off of Derek Carr and do dumb shit, or keep Derek Carr and pay him the $40 million. Like, if if those are the fundamental options for the Raiders as it relates to Carr, maybe the next step is to have other moves included also, which is get move on from Derek Carr and get good value, capitalize on value for Darren Waller capitalize on value for Hunter Renfro, capitalize on value for Max Crosby, tag and trade Josh Jacobs. Don't let Josh Jacobs walk away for free, but also if you don't want to re-sign him, just franchise tag him and trade him to the team that he wants to go to so you get some sort of value on the back end of that relationship. That seems to be the best course of action for the Raiders, but if they decide to franchise tag Josh Jacobs and run it back, and then just get rid of Derek Carr and do nothing, or take that $40 million and sign mid-level free agents, well, if that's the game plan, you're still the same team, and maybe you'll get a bullshit seventh seed and get smoked in the playoffs. But, I mean, that's not the worst thing to do in the world, but at the same time, it's... It's just delaying the inevitable and potentially losing value on players that actually turned out to be really great pickups because you have a better chance of finding another Max Crosby than you do of 
finding Aaron Rodgers or finding a star quarterback. You have a much, much better chance of finding another Max Crosby than you do finding a 15 pick in the draft who's a blue chip prospect like you might be able to get in exchange for Max Crosby. So you have a better chance of finding more of those players and maximizing their value. So if, if you're looking at this from the Raiders standpoint, there's so many different options on the table. I suspect that, what, like I said, whatever they do will be incorrect. If I'm going based on precedent for the Raiders at this point, pretty much whatever they do is going to be the incorrect move. But I mean, certainly it'll be interesting to watch uh, what they end up choosing at the end of all of this, because all these options are on the table for them and the path forward is unclear and similar to what we talked about yesterday with the Broncos, just having Kansas City at the top of that division makes it really, really difficult to actually have expectations of being great. I just realized it's been five years since Khalil Mack got traded. He only spent four years on the Raiders. Khalil Mack has been gone from the Raiders longer than he was with the Raiders. That's a lifetime in the NFL, man. So you've got a better chance of finding another Renfro, finding another Crosby, and finding another Waller than you do of finding another first-round pick that you can use. And I don't think any of those players are actually going to go for first-round picks. I think Waller's going to go for a mid-round pick. Renfro's going to go for a mid-round pick. But you got great production out of him while you had him, and you got him for nothing. Renfro was a fifth-round pick. Waller was a free eight, uh, cut by the Ravens, picked up, turned into a pro bowler. Max Crosby was a third-round pick. You can flip him for a first and a third-round pick. So at the end of the day, you got the great production, made a playoff run, and you can get a first-round pick on the back end. Might not be the worst thing in the world for the Raiders to do. Just might mean that they're two years away from competing, similar to what the Detroit Lions just went through. But who knows? Maybe those first-round picks will turn into uh, an increased chance at landing a generational superstar. Uh, Lord knows the Raiders have been trying for years. I mean, Khalil Mack was... uh, Who is the next generational star the Raiders have had other than Khalil Mack? Is it Charles Woodson? Do we have to go all the way back to Charles Woodson to find a Hall of Famer who's played for the Raiders or was drafted by the Raiders? I I mean, Randy Moss was there for a season, but like, I I think it's Charles Woodson and Khalil Mack, and that's about it. After that, there I don't think Hall of Famers have been drafted by the Raiders in the last 25 years other than those two. So maybe they'll draft a, a Hall of Famer with one of those picks that they get in exchange for Max Crosby or exchange for Hunter Renfro or exchange for Darren Waller or exchange for Derek Carr. Maybe they'll draft a Hall of Famer with one of those draft picks, or they'll do what they did when they traded Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper and piss all the draft picks away. Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. He is not making this about money. He wants out of there, and he's telling you there is no amount of money. We want him back in the worst way. I know he knows that, and... um... You know, we'll continue to work at it. The situation between the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams is not good. As far as this weekend, as far as training camp, 
We will see. There's been one message consistently coming out of Aaron Rodgers' camp, and, and that's, I don't want to be here. Just to put a bow on this podcast, I'm coming back about an hour after I finished recording this, but just to put a bow on this podcast, I, I went into the lab and kind of figured out how if the Raiders wanted to tear this thing to the studs, uh, you know, what could they do to, to reach that place? Well, I looked up Devontae Adams' contract, and Devontae Adams' contract isn't actually that bad. I mean, they would have to take a $31 million dead cap hit next season, but if they're not really concerned about that part and they're saving the money from Derek Carr to give themselves infinite financial flexibility going into 2024, well, if they if they were willing to punt on a season, which you know this strategy would theoretically be doing, uh, it wouldn't be that difficult to trade Devontae Adams. And given that he just had the third best season among any receiver in the NFL, and uh, he only has about $31 million guaranteed left on his contract, you could basically get the same value in return for Devontae Adams that you just traded for. So maybe strike while the iron's hot if you're the Raiders. Uh, You could get a first, a third, and maybe a late-round pick for Devontae Adams. They gave up a first and a second to acquire him. I just picked Dallas as the team that would do that because, like, whatever, Dallas would do some shit like that. So, you know, you could get equal value in return there. Uh, If you wanted to flip Crosby and Darren Waller together, you could get a first, a third, and maybe a late-round pick from another team. I picked the Packers because I know Darren Waller's connected to the Packers, and Green Bay needs a pass rusher because, like, most teams in the league need a pass rusher. So, you know, you could package Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Darren Waller, and walk away with two first-round picks, a couple third-round picks, some late-rounders. Derek Carr might go for a second-round pick. If not, it's not the end of the world. It's only a second-round pick, but I picked the the Giants. That's a team Derek Carr might be willing to go play for is the New York Giants. Wouldn't go to Washington, but Washington would probably be the most desperate team to acquire Derek Carr. Then if you're going to trade Hunter Renfro, you could get a a third-round pick for him. Maybe you could get a second-round pick if you call Bill Belichick because you know how much Bill Belichick would love to have a player like Hunter Renfro on his team. So... If you put all those together, you're looking at a. If you trade Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, and Darren Waller, Derek Carr, and Hunter Renfro, you could potentially net yourself nine draft picks, two in the first round, two uh, two in the second two in the first round, one in the second round, two in the third round. So that's what five extra draft picks on the first two days of the draft add in a couple or actually you could get two second round picks if if Bill Belichick's willing to give up a second round pick for Hunter Renfro you could get potentially six draft picks on the first two days of the draft additional to what you already have if you still have all your draft picks which I think the Raiders still have all their draft picks I think the Devontae Adams picks were all in last year's draft if that's the case then the Raiders are looking at situation where you know their financial flexibility is free after next season but you could get in the in-between period, 12 draft picks in two years on the first two days of the draft. Think about all the defensive players and offensive linemen that you could pick with 12 picks in the first two days of the draft in 2023 and 2024. But I know I'm talking to Mark Davis, so maybe the better way to phrase this is Think about all the quarterbacks that you could draft with twelve first round or with twelve draft picks 
in the first, second, and third round of the next two drafts. Think about all the possibilities for your Raiders. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast, enjoying our eulogy of the Raiders. Tomorrow will be our college football playoff day. I promise you that. I know I've promised it to you the last few days, but there's only one day left until we get to the playoffs. So in the meantime, make sure to take it easy. And of course, we will talk to you again tomorrow.